Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. What's going on everybody and welcome to the Daily Transcendence podcast. I'm GOD and I'm Ray and we're your hosts. Take a journey with us into the realms of some of humanity's most inner thoughts and theories about what lies before us and beyond the other side. Take a step back with us from the day-to-day heavy burdens of this constant evolving life. From awakening the collective, astrology, the spiritual divine, holistic health, shamanism, and quantum theory, to the frequencies and vibrations of our universe, history, religion, numerology, and so much more. We spend countless hours researching to bring you the breakdown of information from some of the greatest minds in these fields and even our own experiences. We're here to challenge your thoughts so that you can reshape your own minds and beliefs into ones that better serve you. We hope you enjoy the discussions about the supernatural and the ancient knowledge that we have become so fond of and we wish to share with you so that it may also help you on your quest in this human experience we're living. Let the transcendence begin. Godspeed and share on. Don't forget to like, follow, and share on our Facebook and Instagram at The Daily Transcendence. Make sure you stay up to date and get notified on new episodes and more content by liking and subscribing on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and many more. We want to hear from you all and connect, so message us or email us at thedailytranscendence at gmail.com. As always, we entirely appreciate your support and allowing us to bring to you this transmission. What's crack-a-lacking, everybody? Welcome. Welcome back. Again. That's right. We got a real special episode for you today. Um, going with the times here. Yeah, we had to roll with the punches. We It's so much going on, and, you know, we've we've solely focused on the universe and astrology and one of the biggest, <clears throat> one of the biggest transits in a long time's happening. Yeah, and, and you know what, believe it or not, it's actually pretty relevant with some of our other episodes, especially when we were talking about cycles and patterns and what it means. Um, this gives a more inside look of a specific cycle and pattern, uh, planetary p- pattern uh, that's really that that's really one of the more major ones. So uh, yeah, happening it's happening in real time. Yeah, and, and you know what? I, honestly, you've been seeing it all over Facebook. They've been calling it like, oh, it's going to make the star of Bethlehem and all this stuff, and you know, constantly seeing like news about it. But it's more than just a pretty sight. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know that's what the the scientists of today want you to just you know, see and think, you know. Just look at the stars. Yeah. Don't listen to those astrologers. They're crazy. But it is significant, and it does mark a, uh, you know, the end of a huge cycle uh, that in the past, when you look back on any time these planets have met up, big significant changes happen. Mm-hmm. So the um, last episode, we touched on how important it is you know, to have led you all into the teachings of quantum physics, astrology, and uh, why understanding the truth of its effects on human consciousness and and the earth is vital to what we are talking about. Um, if you've been following the episodes in chronological order, we now know how the quantum field is an infinite web of consciousness and uh, with all things being connected and alive. So this episode, uh, we are discussing the grand conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter. The greater benefic and the greater malefic. Jesus Christ and and Satan. Um, and in, and it's gonna you know we're gonna discuss how it brings massive change to our consciousness and the world as we know it. 
It's setting up the dawning of the Age of Aquarius, which will be a big part of the topic today, uh, because we did do a whole episode on the Age of Aquarius and what that's going to bring. And a lot of astrologers are saying that this marks the dawning. This marks the beginning, the official beginning to the Age of Aquarius. So uh, we will go into the uh, dynamics of these planets and why they're so important, because it, you know, it signifies revolutionary change for society at large. Um, so embark on this journey with us, Jupiter and Saturn, and uh, we'll break down each planet with their qualities, causal effects, and what happens when they conjunct. For those that don't know what a what a the great conjunction is, uh, obviously we said it's the coming together or the alignment of Jupiter and Saturn, uh, and it's when these two planets appear the closest in the sky. Uh, so this conjunction occurs about every twenty years. On average, um, when Jupiter overtakes Saturn in the sky uh, due to the combined effect of Jupiter's approximate 11.9 year orbital period and Saturn's 29 and a half year orbital period. However, though, like the intervals can be several months longer or shorter because of our calendar years, how we calculate it. Um, But the most recent uh, great conjunction that occurred was in May, I think, of 31st, 2000. And then, obviously, now we have the one that's coming up on the 21st. 20 years later. Yes. Now, yes. And, and the way that it's like kind of like a tennis game where it, it ping-pongs every 10 years. So uh, the first 10 years, they oppose. And then the next 10 years at the end, they conjunct and meet up. And the way you could look at this is kind of like during the day. You have, a, you have the clock during the day where you have a full 24 hours. So what happens when planets conjunct, it's kind of like you've hit that last hour that 24th hour and you've hit midnight again you've hit zero again and this marks significant changes with what the planets represent yep just like the clock you know they represent a new day you know hitting that 12 a.m hitting that yeah hitting it uh (laughs) but uh during this 2020 great conjunction the two planets will be uh separated in the sky by a minimum of six arc minutes uh, that's the closest separation between the two planets since 1623. When we're looking at or studying the Great Conjunction, uh, you know, there's it's important to look back at you know that whole 1600 era because uh, in the Great Conjunction of 1603, um, uh, Johannes Kepler thought that the Star of Bethlehem might have been uh, the occurrence of a Great Conjunction. Uh, he calculated that a triple conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn occurred in 7 BC. And we know that Jesus, they say, was born around 4 BC or something like that. Uh, so it's, a, it's pretty it's pretty close. Um, and, that, and that's used in astronomical year numbering. The Great Conjunction um, has attracted considerable attention also as, a, as celestial omens. And, you know, because uh, we're talking about Aquarius, it's it's a big deal because these two planets meet up, and uh, on December 21st, they line at zero degrees of Aquarius to form this great conjunction, and it's a big deal. Uh, as these planets move into area Aquarius, they'll usher in a new age of uh, more freedom. Freedom is a key word with Aquarius. Uh, it's a time where great shifts can occur in our lives, even though we could be confused about how to move forward. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the lesson's going to be to trust yourself and and lean into your dreams like go after what it is 
that drives you, and that's where we're entering. It's no longer sh- based on structure and status, but about your uniqueness and what it is that drives you personally. It's about the individual. Um, with this transit, will come endings, as we could see. You know the way our government works. The, yeah. the whole world is starting to change, and we're seeing. It seems like we're seeing an age end. Yeah, it's definitely. A, there's definitely a lot of change um, when it comes to you know the times and how we look at things, and it's can be looked at as like not necessarily. Oh my God, it's just like this drastic change, but it's a start of a change in you know how we do things or how we function with things. There's a new, especially being an Aquarius. There's a new. Uh, innovative way how these old structures start to change and and we'll go into that the conjunction its appearance uh, forms a triangular pattern so it's 120 degrees Um, in a series every third conjunction returns after some 60 years to the vicinity of the first these returns are observed uh, to be shifted by some somewhat eight degrees relative to the fixed stars uh, so no more than four of them occur in the same zodio- zodiacal sign. Uh, usually the conjunctions occur in one of the following triplicities. Triplicities are the, you know, the categorization of the elements of them. So you have Aries, Sagittarius, Leo. So those are all the fire. Uh, then you have Taurus, Capricorn, Virgo, Earth, Gemini, Aquarius, Libra, Air, and uh, Cancer, Pisces, Scorpio, which is water. So... Uh, we've been in the earth cycle when it comes to uh, this this conjunction, but now we're moving into air and it's been a while since we were in air, but and we'll, we'll, we'll go into that part of when it was in air last so we can see what kind of occurred during that time and how it's relevant to now and what we may see different, but there is some uh, relativity to it. After about like 220 years, patterns shift to the next uh, triplicity. Uh, and in about 900 years, returns to the first one. So to each triangular pattern, astrologers have ascribed one from the series of four elements. Particular importance has been accorded to the occurrence of a great conjunction in a new triplicity, which is bound to happen after some 240 years at most. Even greater importance was attributed to the beginning of a new cycle after all four triplicities had been visited, something which happens in about 900 years. Now, back with medieval astrologers, uh, they usually gave like 960 as the length of the full cycle, apparently because in some cases it took 240 years to pass from one triplicity to the next. But if a cycle is defined by when the conjunctions return, to the same right ascension rather than to the same constellation, then because of the axial procession, the cycle is only about 800 years. And that's how we mostly have been seeing it and been knowing it as 800 years. But that just goes to show the difference a little bit. And like you said, conjunctions signify beginnings, kind of like new moons. Uh, We had mentioned that they're parallel, meaning it's their tightest conjunction coupling since 1623, as you said. And this is significant because not only are they marching into this new era, they're parallel, which actually symbolizes something to be good as done, finished, kaput. Uh, It's absolutely finished and marks the true end of a cycle and endings bring about new beginnings. So we have these two planets at their tightest conjunction um, in almost 400 years. 
with this, we march into the new era ruled by air signs. Uh, so the sun, the sun will be at zero degrees Capricorn on this day, also shifting the seasons, this being the winter solstice, um, the polar opposite being cancer, the summer solstice. So it's a, the shifting of the seasons. Uh, the sun will parallel to Pluto, which symbolizes power. We could see this as power to the people, considering the Aquarian themed conjunction, uh, power to our communities and society. The universe wants to give power to the individual and since Jupiter and Saturn are moving into Aquarius on zero degrees and the sun will be at zero degrees Capricorn, the number zero in numerology is both enclosed in a wide open number. It means comprehensiveness, openness, and wholeness. Um, it's an all-inclusive number. So this is another sign that the universe is blessing us with this energy, not only for openness, but that we can do anything together. Aquarian rules togetherness. We're here to honor our individual uniqueness, but then to share it. And Aquarius being a fixed air sign is a breath of fresh air, bringing innovative ideas and revolutionary tendencies. The sign brings us to new levels of understanding and higher vibrations. So this new era is linked to the development of new social structures as well and personal development. It can indicate a new higher social order. I know that everyone's scared of the new world order. Yeah. Um, with the Saturn-Pluto stuff going on all year, there's been a lot of fear. That brings a lot of fear, and all of 2020 had Saturn-Pluto stuff going on. So, uh, you know, you go on YouTube and you find a lot of these conspiracies, and you find a lot of things going back and forth about what people think about, say, the vaccines, or what they think about with the government, and they think about the New World Order. And it's, you know, at this point with Neptune in Pisces, you cannot believe all media. You have to follow the facts, North Node and Gemini. Mm-hmm. So... By us learning astrology, 2020 for me and Geo was actually kind of fun to watch because what was going on on the charts was actually going on in reality, yeah. as we've seen. And it, it comes to end up being like no surprise then. Uh, but the, despite the beginning of, you know, the, the there's like a lot of, you know, inaccuracies and disagreement about the beginning of the cycle. Uh, but the beliefing significant of, of this event um, really like started to stream its like publication and grew steadily up until the end of the 16th century. Um, now there, the great conjunction of 1583 was the last, uh, the last time, you know, the last of the watery, uh, signs. And it was widely supposed to herald apocalyptic changes, a papal bull against, uh, divinations, which was issued in 1586 and as nothing really significant had happened by 1603 with the advent of the new triplicities it was in, the public interest started to die in it. So like, you know, it ended up it was it was a bit used to be a big deal back then, like, you know, around, you know, leading up to the 16th century. Uh, but then after that, they kind of just it kind of like faded off. But now, as we've seen, I mean, probably even up until. I mean, I'll let's just say the 50s and 60s, you know, I want to say the 60s because that's when astrology kind of started gaining its momentum back. Then we started looking again and really coming out as far as um, the importance of this event. Um, but now I, I would say now it's, you know, a lot more important. You see it more kind of mainstream. The thing is just the interpretation sometimes aren't really in depth or don't have any actual information on its effect on human consciousness. Yeah, it goes back to daily horoscopes and mm-hmm. different astrologers, dif- different forms of astrology uh, mis- 
uh, or preconceptions or misunderstandings of astrology and what planets mean. And it can mean many things. It can. It's, it's a vast science. But when it comes down to it, when we understand traditional astrology going into evolutionary astrology, um, you know, if you find the right teachers, it's, uh, it is like it, it being mainstream, it is rather important to not get caught up in the misunderstandings of all the different you know, definitions of these transits. And that's, you know, what kind of drove us to want to do this episode was to, you know, kind of clear the air with things we thought were important and what wasn't important and what really matters when it comes to this conjunction. Yeah. Yeah. So like um, something I want to add, because you mentioned uh, Saturn and Pluto uh, conjunction, and we saw that uh, this year on January 12th. And that marks what astrologers called the paradigm shift, uh, which is the beginning of a new age in humanity. The last time Saturn and Pluto conjoined in the sign of Capricorn was 1517 to 1518, uh, beginning the Protestant Reformation, when Martin Luther nailed his 95 thesis to the door of the church in his village, um, where he served as a, as a priest. Uh, Luther's intention was to peel away corruption from a monopolized power by showing that we could look at the Bible, uh, not the Pope, and as our ultimate, you know, we could look at it as our ultimate go- governing force, um, and that we each have individual power to read and interpret Scripture, not just the Catholic priests. Uh, so, like now, we're moving into a similar time of individual liberation. Where, you know, we're unshackling from steep hierarchy and oppression, uh, finding access to our own wisdom, uh, connections to the divine, and all doing this without patriarchal intervention from any organized religion or abusive leader. You know, you see, because, you know, you think about it, Saturn's involved and Saturn has to do with those structures. You see how it's trying to hold you know, there is a lot of that restriction trying trying to hold on and come into play in our life. But with this conjunction and Jupiter, you know, being the greater benefic and trying to expand and release and stuff, this is where this is that shift, though, for real. Yeah, yeah, because Saturn constantly tries to to throw limitations and restrictions on us. And for, you know, for good reasons at times where it's trying to increase our wisdom and it's trying to, you know, we're learning more of a harsh lesson from Saturn. But, you know, we look at the beginning of this year with the Saturn-Pluto and then the, you know, the lockdowns yeah, happened. Exa- exactly. Uh, and and another thing about the whole Saturn-Pluto conjunction, uh, another time that we saw that was in the 80s. And if we think about that time when that occurred, uh, that was when the time of HIV was like really, uh, you know, starting to come out and it was uh, it was like widely discussed and you know, trying to figure out a cure and everything. Uh, and that was Saturn, Pluto in Libra. Um, and you think about that, like being in Libra, Libra having to do with like relationship, love, you know, being, you know, ruled by Venus. Um, you know, it really did change the relationship aspect for a lot of people. A lot of people were, you know, either worried or scared of getting HIV through sex because it was like this new, th- this new thing. Um, but also there another time was in the fifties, uh, as well. And that's when they really started coming up with, uh, you know, immunization for, you know, countries. Well, that, know. that was actually Pluto Scorpio when they started, well, when the AIDS pandemic mm-hmm. uh, epidemic happened, but then Pluto and Scorpio, Scorpio ruling 
the genitals yes. and sex and all that. So you, it's like the setup. It's like there's some timeline for you. Pluto's in Libra, HIV shows its ugly face and then it goes into Pluto and Scorpio and that's when it gets that's when it breaks out that's when everything starts going crazy with that and anytime Saturn uh, Saturn and Pluto come together they do bring some form of a plague you know which is why it's also important to understand at the beginning of this year January 12th uh, Saturn and Pluto got together and in came COVID and back then like Geo saying you know Libra uh, Pluto and Libra brings the HIV virus and Scorpio kind of yeah. Pluto and Scorpio like disperses it and makes it an absolute problem. Yeah. That also kind of goes based around when Hitler was first to really come out about, um, you know, doing the whole immunization uh, for the country. And it was just just this total like author- authoritarianism aspect to it. Saturn. Yeah. So but, but Pluto is, like we said, the planet of death and rebirth. Saturn is systems, structures, society, and karma. And Jupiter represents our beliefs. Uh, and he's also the magnifying lens, exaggerating all that he touches. Uh, joined together, these planets are speeding up. Uh, they're speeding up our evolution, pushing us into deeper insights and transformation, which come when we're able to face the reality of who we are with honesty and forgiveness. We can own our mistakes, then drop into our inner stillness, peace, and fortitude that are available to to us always. Yeah, yeah. Anytime the outer outer planets are making these big, uh, you know, transits, it's this is what changes the world. The outer planets change the world. The inner planets are more personal. You're going to have everything from day to day stuff to just occurrences in your life. But when you have these outer planets and generational planets that take a long time to transit, they affect us on a larger scale and they start bringing in new you know new eras new times and so when you know the archetypes and you know what these planets and signs mean then you could actually start seeing it in the in reality play out you know and pluto bringing death and rebirth and saturn getting together with pluto brings on these plagues but what do plagues usually do they ensue chaos yeah. and they they Fear. cause apps right and they yeah. cause absolute change though yep. they bring on completely new eras and they do it through fear and they mm-hmm. do it through power struggles and they do it through you know f- i think fear is the biggest one for the, both those planets those are the planets of fear yeah and like looking for you know uh, a reliance on a system or people uh so that's also comes into play as well right right so let's go back to the Saturn Jupiter conjunction itself. Break down the break it down for everyone here. Yep. So the conjunction, as we said, happens every 20 years. They oppose every 10, which would be half the cycle. The elements of the conjunction has a cycle of 200 years. So what that means is for 200 years, when Jupiter and Saturn meet up, they meet in the same element for that amount of time. The last Earth sign that it was in was in Taurus uh, around the year 2000. And uh, the Earth era actually lasted from 1802 to present times until this December. So big time, big time. Uh, Before the Earth signs, obviously, would be fire. And that was 1603 to 1802. And if you are interested, you can look at, uh, you can Google certain conjunctions that happened between those times and start and see for yourself the history and what had gone on between the fire signs. Mm -hmm. Um, there'd be a little homework for you if you want to understand it. Yeah, you can find those little synchronicities. Yeah, 1603 to uh, between 1802. And then when you look up the conjunctions and their dates between that time, look at the events. And this is how you could tell or see what astrology brings and how it marks times 
for us, you know, uh, significant times and events. Yeah, look into that Jupiter-Saturn archetype and then also the, you know, fire sign archetype, depending on whatever sign it is. Right, right. The sign and the element. And then what events were going on at that particular point. Yeah. Uh, now is the era of air, because on December 21st, they conjunct in Aquarius, which is fixed air. Uh, the next coupling would be in 2039 in Libra, which is cardinal air. So why do I bring up the shifting of the elements and why is it so important? Well, let us start from where we've been in the earth sign conjunctions um, and where our earthly progressions were. So anytime that these conjunctions happened, we had a focus of wealth creation, material security, resources, land development, land settlement, and material goods. Those being many of the positive implications um, within these earthly-based progressions. We've also seen the shadow of that. We've seen exploitation of people, exploitation of the environment, exploitation of our health and well-being, the destruction of the, and extinction of animals and species, the loss of rainforests and forests in general. So you see, like, those are all very earthly things. And now we're transitioning, so it's like as if we completed that cycle. It's now time not to focus on that. It's time for us to work things out in other ways because that has run its course. Also, a time where they really came into figuring out like that wealth status was a big thing as well during that 1603, 1802 timeframe, um, all in different ways. Yeah, Capricorn ruling status, mm -hmm. as you could see. So like Capricorn ruling status and 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 somewhat of uh, using wealth as your source of power. And then Taurus actually ruling money and values and things like that, ruling farming yeah. and land and all that. And that's what we mean by that. And then like the other side of it, the like exploitation of people, like you even see how that came into like more towards the end how it kind of brought in before it switched over to the next sign uh, uh it, you know it kind of came into um you know like exploitation of people where you know that was the beginning of really uh you know being for slavery you know you start getting into that century you know as it's ending right so but there's just ends up being a new element to it and because you break down the earth signs you have taurus being value in land and all that Capricorn status, uh, exploitation of people. I mean, Capricornian stuff would be, or Saturnian would be exploiting other people for the sake of, mm -hmm. you know, gaining status. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's the left-hand path. It's the, uh, it's Baphomet. It's Satan. It's the devil left-hand path. Uh, so Capricornian stuff rules that not that Capricornians are the devil, but they are the archetype of the mm -hmm. devil. Um, Virgo would be the other earth sign and that rules health. Mm-hmm. You know, our health and our, our medical uh, fields and stuff like that and, and the development of all that. So the past 200 years, that's what we've solely focused on. And definitely when we would go through these conjunction points, we would see peaks and and or and destruction around these certain things or changes, transformations. Going into more of the minute detail about right. these things. Yeah, because that's on the clock of the sky is that's what time it is that's in in the development of human consciousness that's where where we were the past 200 years it's what needed to happen in the divine order so now that we understand that we're i'm going to go into the you know the air era um after this but i i really want to understand with everybody what saturn and jupiter mean um in their own way what they mean specifically what do they represent in astrology so let's start at saturn so Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn. In Greek mythology, he's Kronos, which is one of the Titans and the father of Zeus. Uh, Kronos ate his children, and I like to bring up 
the child trafficking. Yeah. Look at how that whole big thing, you know, that was a that was a huge. What was that? Uh, what was like the dresser? Oh, they, yeah, like, selling kids and Wayfair. like. <laughs> yeah, it was all that shit. When Not that like, that's funny. Theme. Everything. But yeah, there was a big self-awareness about it. And I mean, and think I think wasn't that also during the whole Saturn Pluto as well, like coming towards yeah. the end of of that cycle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, it was being revealed. It was, you know, that hidden, you know, it was like, the, oh, this dark hidden thing uh, was was coming out and being revealed about children and child sef- sex trafficking. It's that's very Pluto Saturn right there. Yeah, yeah, because Pluto, what it's he's going to do is he, he's he's going to dive into the depths, into the Hades of a, of a topic, the deepest, darkest parts of a topic, and bring it to the surface. Yeah, when it comes to where to uh, to our awareness, right? And that's where Pluto could have it could be malefic. Like it's why we would see it as negative is because it brings up those things that we kind of just don't want to know. Yeah. We don't want to see it. It's going to be dark. It's going to be evil. But Pluto, without that, we wouldn't know these secrets. Yeah, we wouldn't know? know how to you know kill those things off and and rebirth into something new and better right death and rebirth pluto which also rules scorpio being very scorpionic um so that's i i, I wanted sexual to, yeah and sexual too yeah. not the kind of sexual you really want you know but <laughs> no no definitely the more the dark side of sex mm-hmm. uh actually leo and the fifth house is the pleasurable sex um but when it comes to Pluto and Saturn, yes, we had a revealing of child trafficking. Uh, it, I know many of you most likely know of adrenochrome and, uh, you know, basically when these children would be kidnapped, they would, there was theories of, they would extract adrenaline from the bottom of a, of a child's spine and they would put it in a vial and it would be a drug. And a lot of these uh, according to the theories, a lot of these Saturnian people, a lot of these people in power and with status, were a part of it. Pizzagate, yeah, you know, uh, there were the Clintons were mentioned, the Epstein trials, and all that, and uh, all that was bringing it up. So all of that is yes, very Saturnian meets Pluto, uh, Saturn and Capricorn. It goes along with them holding that stature and power because of the fact that you know the whole adrenochrome thing, I, I, you know. When it comes from a child, it's more pure, it's more potent, apparently. And so it's said that when these, you know, I'll just call them the 1%, we're taking this adrenochrome, it gives them longevity, like youthfulness, um, you know, able to be more regenerative. And the, why would they want to do that? Well, they want to continue maintaining power and maintaining um, uh, that hierarchy. Yeah, and to get even weirder, youth. Well, and to get even weirder and deeper is to extract the sexual energy from kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that being that playing a big part. I know a lot of a lot of you guys also know the reptilian theory and how they feed off our fear and feed off our energy. And and uh, there is a a topic going around of you know sexual transmutation, sexual energy being shared. Um, you know, it's our creative energy, so it's not just sexual in a sense of you know penis and vagina mm-hmm. but it's more so our creative energy it's you know we create a human with our sexual energy mm-hmm. uh and it also is our creative side of things so basically with young kids there's this pure sexual energy that mm-hmm. emanates from them and can be extracted so on the physical and spiritual level that th- this can have an effect and uh for reasons that they'd be doing it so back to the the saturn story here so now i repeat Saturn's Kronos, which is one of the Titans and the father of Zeus, but Kronos ate his children to prevent himself from being dethroned as the king of the gods. Hmm. So, what's he associated with? He's associated with restriction, 
and limitation where Jupiter expands. Saturn constricts. Although the themes of Saturn seem depressing, Saturn brings structure and meaning to our world. Saturn knows the limits of time and matter. Saturn rules, uh, rules time. That's chronos, chronological. Um, where that word comes from, anything with chrono in it would... Synchronization. Yes. So Saturn rules time, or chronos rules time. Uh, Saturn will remind us of our boundaries, our responsibilities, and our commitments. It brings definition to our lives. Saturn also makes us aware of the need for self-control and the boundaries and our limits. So his lessons are always of, it may seem like, you know, like it said, depressing, but it's for better reasons. It's to help you. It's to help you grow in time. Yeah. Give you that, that, that structure. Saturn is also, uh, is also often associated with our fathers or father type figures or authority. Uh, and, it, and in childhood, the discipline, rules, the regulations imposed on us by our authority figures from parents, teachers, and, and those of the like, uh, we're not, we're not always pleasant, but they actually helped us to understand the world around us. Similarly, Saturn's lessons actually help us to grow. Um, and also you think about Saturn's glyph or its symbol. It shows the cross of matter, which is reality, over the soul, representing the material nature of man reigning. Uh, note that the symbol of Saturn is also the symbol of Jupiter, just inverted. How ironic. Greater malefic and the greater benefic, like mm-hmm. I said earlier. Opposites. Yep. So Saturn takes approximately two to two and a half years to transit one sign. What's ironic is its connection to the moon as if the moon takes two to two and a half days Hmm. to transit a sign. Saturn is that in years. There's a big uh, Saturn moon connection, which will be discussed eventually. Uh, Maybe not in this episode. But so approximately 27 to 29 years it takes to travel around all 12 signs. Uh, Saturn and Aquarius working at its best, uh, you have the right amount of skepticism. You need to take an objective scientific approach to many subjects. Aquarius rules science and objectivity. Um, and, and in a sense, a higher knowledge as well, but Saturn will give that restrictions, limitations, but for the sake of uh, you know, gaining the right knowledge and the right uh, wisdom. Still, we learn much from Saturn's position as it shows us some of our fears. Uh, with Saturn in Aquarius... The first half of life, we might seem difficult getting close to others. This would be people with the sign. Uh, mind you, our friendships tend to be long-term and certainly take them seriously. So apply that to the globe. It's just that you may take them so seriously that you frequently need to detach. So in this era, we're approaching this you know, theme of we're not just going to be friends with everybody anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, Saturn ruling uh, status and ruling things that further our our development in a serious manner with rules and regulations, you place that in Aquarius and that's going to give us this limitation of the people we spend time with. Are these people going to play a role in my development and will they increase my status or will they play as an anchor? Saturn's going to keep a close eye. Exactly. We're, We're creating more of an awareness and a focus on what our boundaries actually are and establishing those boundaries. Now you could go either way with it, depending on how you balance your energy. Either they're healthy boundaries, or you may have real toxic boundaries. But that's for you to be able to understand. And there's a lot more in the astrology that shows you um, how that comes into play. With you know, who are you actually? You know, what is really important to you? So yeah, and it's mm-hmm. unlikely that you consider acquaintances friends anymore uh, because. 
you know, you're going to have a strict definition of what a friend really is. You know, that's changing. And you could kind of see it in the, in the, the year we just had, you know, like I've experienced it definitely for sure. Right. With certain people. I know many of you probably have had personal experiences of like, you know, you've probably had some friends drop off and it's just because you don't vibe anymore. It's just not meant to be. And this is one of those, you know, times in astrology where it's very cryptic and it's going to eliminate things that do not play a purpose. And if you're aware of that, then you actually, you know, instead of taking it as this, you know, terrible thing or this unfortunate thing, you can then start seeing it as something that may be more necessary in your life, but better be able to adapt and evolve. Right, right. And I mean, this may cause some difficulties moving out of our comfort zones and definitely more socially than more than anything. Hmm. Uh, you know, we could feel mistrusted of groups, crowds, networks. You know, you see a lot of this red, blue, you BLM, all this stuff going on. You got you know, we're getting divided yeah. by politicians, yeah. not trusting the news, not yet. Yeah, right. Yeah. Networks. And uh, however, we take on the responsibility of a friend. We'll take it much to heart. You know, be very steadfast and loyal if we do find those right people. Hmm. So it it's kind of like one of those things where you have maybe less friends in this age yeah. coming up, but they mean something. The acquaintances and the meaningless friends that do not play a purpose in your life are not really going to have a role anymore. It's time to clean out what is not needed anymore. This goes all the way up to government structures it goes up to corporations it goes up to the way our money is handled considering uranus and taurus um you know having alignments to this placement as well so we might avoid taking on too many of these fanciful dreams we have our plans for the future it's we're going to really sit back and think you know and this is according to what this transit says uh Preferring really not to count on something that hasn't happened already. That's very Saturnian. Yeah, no fortune telling or trying to project, you know, so much into the future either. Yeah, we'll be very selective. Mm -hmm. Uh, And not only who we get close to, but which the dreams and hopes we have, you know, and where where are we going to invest our energy? Ask yourself that, you know, and because you figure with this pandemic and you figure with the, the job shortage now and the way our currency is shifting, it's like it's everything is now important that you decide to put your energy into because every move is is kind of vital at this particular turning point. This pressure does uh, it, it starts to release and we're more likely to thrive then at that point. Uh, feeling alienated can lead to a vicious circle that leaves you feeling even more so uh, over time. Uh, but. You know, you do have to watch for these kind of tendencies. Uh, But Saturn's gift is the pressure that keeps us focused on our path. It's seriousness like the sign it rules Capricorn uh, comes from knowing that some goals require us to plod through dread to generate more inner discipline. Uh, Jupiter balances this out uh, with faith and optimism and trust and that all hard work will pay off. Saturn doesn't promise success, but by laying out the steps and sticking to the path despite the distractions and and doubts, uh, you do start to gain Saturn-approved mastery regardless of the outcome. Yeah, it's the path to unshakable self-esteem. Yeah, Saturn's influence may seem heavy and limiting. It's for good reasons. Uh, You know, when you toss up your hands and claim to be overwhelmed, inert, depressed, you give the, you know, you, you give up. Uh, that's, that's a Saturnian lesson. Usually when you've hit that point, um, and usually that's when things break, you notice when you let things go, when you've hit this breaking point on certain things, whether it's a career you're looking for or a relationship, whatever needs to happen usually happens following that, 
you know, that breakdown. You know, you think the world's going to end. You think, oh, my God, I can't, how am I going to get through this? Yeah. And something always seems to come and save your ass. And yeah. by the way, that would actually be Saturn. Yeah. Saturn goes, okay, you learn the lesson. Mm-hmm. I drove you to the point of basically submission. Yeah. And then when you look back, you know, down the road, you end up looking back at that time and being like, you know what? I'm actually glad that kind of happened to me because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have this, this, this or that or learn this and that. So, right. So it kind of like, and it well, and it plays like the role of more so like a boss, a parent, spouse, teacher, even a you know real strict friend. I could be real tough on Geo sometimes. Yeah, you can. Um, You know, or uh, you know, like if you want, you can (laughs) compare it to the punishing voice, the 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 ego inside the mind that kicks your ass when you're laying in bed before you fall asleep and you're hit with bills and problems, and I got a word on my fucking. Back, <laughs> uh, but um, you know, once you've been humbled and humiliated enough, you might decide that you want to pull yourself up. You, that you get to that point. Uh, in your chart, the sign and house position of your Saturn shows actually where these life dramas will will likely take place. So, if you run your chart and you look where Saturn is, and you look where the, you know the sign and the house, you'll notice where it is. You'll need structure and boundaries, limits and discipline, where order needs to be made. Um, and uh, you're more of the realism and the maturity side of your chart. What it what really needs to be done in that area? Yeah, and just like a little uh, little fun fact too, since you know we 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 think about Saturn and we hear restriction or cold or you know dense uh, pressure and stuff like that. When it comes to um, medical astrology, uh, I'll give you an example. Like this was something that I figured out after learning a little bit about medical astrology. Now Aquarius rules like uh, like the the calves the the uh you know the ankles and uh you know the blood vessels there as well and stuff uh and saturn being in that sign actually has to do with maybe restricted blood flow and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. like it allowed me to gain an awareness of being like hey you know what i need to watch out for the possibility of clotting or bad blood flow in my legs make sure they're moving elevated and stuff and it turns out to be that and it's funny because i actually broke my leg in that area i had a, a fibular fracture um so it allowed me to be more aware to be like hey i need to check up on that because sometimes my legs will fall asleep a lot and stuff and i actually went to the doctor and he was like you need to get um uh what's it called an ultrasound done on your legs because we need to check your blood flow so that's right. just a little fun fact there well and so you because you bring up medical astrology i have i've had a lot of teeth issues Hmm. in my life and Saturn considering it rules structure and it rules uh, the boundaries and uh, basically in your body it rules the bones so that means that it rules your teeth yeah and the past two years well throughout my whole life I've really had a lot of teeth stuff done coming from two both sides of my family mom and dad both have bad you know teeth genetics Mm -hmm. but what that did for me is, you know, I had braces, then the braces tore my enamel off, and then I had to get caps put on my top front six teeth, and uh, Saturn being in its home sign, he's one of the strongest rulers in my chart, would say that I'd have to go through a lot of those harsh lessons, you know, brush your teeth three times a day, stop eating the sugar, this and that, it's mm-hmm. like that parent going, you better stop eating that sugar, yeah, your that's teeth so are going to rot, you know, and because Saturn does rule the teeth, that's what would happen. So, and in the past two years, I've had my Saturn return, mm. and what that means is, so when a when a uh, when Saturn comes back around to the sign that you were born in uh, at twenty eight and a half, twenty nine years, a Saturn return is gonna. It's kind of like the final exam. It's like he's daddy's come back home, and he's saying, 
Have you learned all your lessons yet? So the past two years, I've had nothing but teeth problems. Like this, this year Is alone. your Saturn in Capricorn? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So mm-hmm. my Saturn's in Cap and it came back this time around. My return actually was right on this Pluto-Saturn conjunction at the beginning of the year. So, and not that I had a terrible year, but when, let me tell you something. When it came to teeth, I had a really bad, uh, I had to yank one because I had such a bad infection and how ironic Pluto rules infections. Hmm. Yeah. So, and I had Pluto conjunct, meaning t- the Pluto today was in the same spot that my Saturn was when I was born. So very interesting stuff. Medical astrology is all about archetypes and it's all about, you know, you can learn a lot about your body, uh, illnesses, where you'll have issues. And it's just another way to use astrology and it's archetypal nature to, you know, understand things, including your body. Let's move on to, uh, let's big, move on to Jupiter. Big daddy Jupe. Uncle Jupe. Jupiter is known to be the king of the gods. It's the ruler of Sagittarius. In astrology, Jupiter is the planet of plentifulness. Uh, it's, it is tolerant. It's expansive. The first of the social planets, Jupiter seeks to insight through knowledge. Some of this planet's key words include morality, gratitude, hope, honor, and the law. Jupiter is a planet of broader purpose, reach, and possibility. Let me throw in there, mm-hmm. Saturn also rules law. Oh, okay. So be, remember, because they're, they're somewhat polar opposites. True, yeah. They Saturn is like the judge in the black robe. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't... You know, you didn't pay your fine, so this and that. You get, you were held in contempt of court. Saturn throws you in the limitations of the jail. I feel like Jupiter would be like that. uh, The more of uh, was the guy that the more honorable. The the guy who always does the tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The one who always the old man that he's like real, real nice judge. Mm -hmm. That would be Jupe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's there to really try and help you out. He feels for you. Gives you hope. He, you know, he sees if you're if you are a person of morals and values that he'll help you out. He's on the he's on the side of honor, uh, honor and law. Yeah. Saturn's like the, the, you know, like you're going to jail. I'm I'm having a bad day. Like this is your fucking lesson. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, Jupiter uh, has generally been associated with good luck and bountifulness, optimism and growth. Uh, that includes mental and spiritual growth. Um, on the upside, Jupiter is associated with a sense of humor, goodwill, and mercy. My saggies. Yeah. The more negative manifestations of Jupiter include blind optimism, um, uh, excess or overindulgence, uh, irresponsibility that results from blind, blind, blind optimism, uh, not ill will that can be displayed there. Yeah. So excess and overindulgence. So having Jupiter in the eighth is, it's a yeah. beautiful thing. And I, yeah, that was for you. I have <laughs> Jupiter in the 12th in Virgo and Virgo rules the digestion. So I get bloated. I get bloated a lot. I have a big expansive appetite. I could keep eating. There's a little, just a little synchronicity. Yeah. Put, yeah put that together with a Taurus sun. Yeah. That's, that's a grazing bull that can't stop farting. I just can't stop eating. <laughs> can't stop farting. <laughs> yep. A little TMI. <laughs> yeah. And as we mentioned, the glyph, it's the crescent of receptivity rising above the cross of matter. So rising. So like mm-hmm. you said, or like we both said before, it's the it's the flip side. Yeah. Because Saturn is more of the descending 
of it. Right. And this would symbolize Jupiter's role of raising our awareness beyond the physical world, the spiritual aspect. Jupiter encourages, uh, does encourage us to reach, expand, and improve anything that we're doing. That's right. why a lot of Saggies that you know, they're very like, you know, they'll cheer you on. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't give a shit, really. Yeah. But they'll cheer you on and they're there to, to, to support you in a sense. They're they're positive about everything you do. They'll, they'll, they're the adventurers, the yeah. seekers. They want to go out. They want to expand their horizons and explore. Yeah. They're very also closed off though so if you think they fully give a shit just re- just yeah it's there's, there's that other side to it there's that dark side of, yeah. of sagis and jupiter mm-hmm. you know because they're the kings remember that yep so um jupiter is the thinking person's planet uh as the guardian of the abstract mind this planet rules higher learning and it bestows upon us a yen for exploring ideas like we were just saying uh both intellectually and spiritually intellectually speaking Jupiter assists us in formulating our our ideology in the more spiritual realm. Jupiter uh, triumphs over religions and philosophy as search for the answers is what Jupiter proposes. Uh, and if it means spanning the globe to find them, well, that's probably what Jupiter also rules, uh, why it also rules long dis- long distance travel. Uh, in keeping with this theme, Jupiter compels us to access our ethical and moral values, and it also addresses our sense of optimism. Yeah, luck and good fortune. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, optimism is a key word for Jupiter and, and the Sagittarius. Yeah. But luck and good fortune has always been associated with Jupiter, and that's where, where it plays a part in, in Pisces, too, because Pisces is a co-ruler of Jupiter. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, it's a kind of benevolent planet, uh, one that wants us to grow and flourish in a positive way. Now, Jupiter is a big planet. Mm-hmm. It's a fat ass. It actually <laughs> rules Santa Claus. Okay. <laughs> well, the archetype of Santa yeah. Claus, Satan and Santa, Santa that's a whole other yeah. thing. But Jupiter does bring the gifts mm-hmm. like Santa Claus, yeah. okay. uh, that more of the spiritual side of Santa Claus. Uh, yeah. I mean, Santa wearing red and living in and the cold. Saturn, naughty or nice, finding out if you're naughty or nice, that's Saturnian. Right. And because so. polar opposites playing in the same archetype. So literally Santa is the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Think about that. Yeah. Um, and that actually would lead us. Yeah. That leads us right into like it's. And look who's coming around this time of year. Right. It's exactly what's going to happen. You could think of it that way. It's like, have you been naughty or nice? Have you been, you know, and and to yourself, like it's not to that's with Aquarius, you know, it's an Aquarius. This is to the individual. This is to your own uniqueness. So it's how good have you been to yourself? And is your higher self going to reward you and give you the gifts that basically if you were just there to accept if you got into the receptivity mode of understanding who you are and really got into your own soul and and know what you love to do and what you want to do and not what society tells you to do and not what you know more the saturnian government this and that if you don't believe in something you don't do it and Mm -hmm. those gifts are waiting for you right now which is a big part of this conjunction just you gotta notice it man because you know even though jupiter may be judge and jury but it mostly is an honorable helpmate seeing to it that we're on the right path uh, while our success and accomplishments and prosperity are all within Jupiter's realm, uh, this this can at times deteriorate into laziness and sloth-like. Uh, Jupiter, at its worst, is associated with weight gain, like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, Jupiter is my ruling planet, and I'm a skinny prick. Yeah, I'm working on it. So I, I, you know, there must be some sort of uh, maybe something in my transits mm-hmm. that allow it to maybe. It's, I mean, actually. 
in my chart, it's in cancer, so it's actually exalted. Um, hmm. But no, I, I actually have a weight gain issue. Yeah. That's ironic. See my, see, my Jupiter's in 12th, and that's 12th is ruled by uh, by Pisces. So in a spiritual realm. So then it's, yeah. Well, in the 12th, that it would be at home in the 12th because it's a co-ruler yeah. with Pisces. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you probably get a lot of spiritual gifts in this lifetime. Oh, All right, so exactly. It's the awakening. It would maybe lead you to this information. Yeah, leads me to where we are today. Yeah, yep. Hmm. So more often than not, Jupiter will guide us down the primrose path. It will it will give you the gifts. It will be the Santa Claus. Um, leisure time is definitely one of Jupiter's pastimes. So you think of like a Sag or a Pisces. They do like to kind of get under the blanket, yeah. hang it, you know, do their thing. I mean, Jupiter in Sag would be more the adventurer and this and that, or Pisces is kind of more the yeah. slothy, yeah. leave home me alone, body, I want to go in my, yeah. yeah. And and it's because they're get lost in your thoughts and your visions. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're empathic and they have that spiritual side of Jupiter. Mm-hmm. So they can get very, you know, just inward. Um, Jupiter takes approximately about 12 years to travel through all the signs. So Jupiter is typically retrograde for four months at a time. So you figure it does, it's about a year each to each sign. And uh, as I said before, Jupiter is, is exalted in Cancer, uh, but its fall would be the opposite, which is Capricorn. Capricorn. Yeah, it does not like to be in Capricorn. And that's where it's been this whole year, yes. riding along with Saturn and Pluto. Yeah. And Since if, May of, uh, of 2017. Uh, well, for Saturn. Jupiter would, oh, that's right, just that's came, Saturn. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Jupiter just came in. I don't know the exact I date. I it, but it came was, a little bit after it, no? No, because Jupiter's only a year. Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay. So, yeah, so, like, Jupiter would probably be some, uh, probably at the end of last year. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's in its fall in Capricorn, so what happens is when we had these transits all year with Saturn and Pluto, Jupiter is debilitated, which means it's weak. So all it could actually do is expand the planets that are in there that are powerful. So it took the Saturn and it took the Pluto aspects and it actually expanded them. Yeah. And it expanded that benefic energy. I mean, uh, that malefic energy. Right. Sorry. Because it was debilitated. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, Jupiter in Aquarius attracts most good fortune, but when it's tolerant and fair. Um, also inventive, impartial, and cooperative. So once again, Aquarian, you know, energy is ruling the masses, the communities, the networks to cooperate. So when we are cooperating with each other and the right people, but we've taken that Saturnian wisdom of, and, and really have been uh, decisive and discerning about the people and the things we're doing, we get that Jupiterian gift. So now... We understand where both these planets come from, what they mean, what they represent, and now let's combine them. Yeah. Let's combine them in conjunction and in Aquarius. So we're going to make big shifts, and some say it symbolizes the formation of the Garden of Eden. The age of Aquarius is known to some as the return of the Garden of Eden. Uh, in this focus on Aquarius, we'll be focused on social progress intellectual development, new concepts, and the expansion of consciousness. And another simple ways of saying that is to understand more about life and reality. So it is about the power of developing our minds individually as well as collectively. This will be a time of increased enlightenment, knowledge, and understanding, uh, especially in science, 
technology, global communication, and the internet. Uh, we may even see astrology become more mainstream, which I do believe we are already starting to see it. I mean, it's it's basically mainstream at this point. Uh, it's definitely accepted more by the masses. Uh, you know, not many people are laughing at it as much as they used to, or just using it as a pickup line. Now it's becoming more of a tool yeah. for people. Yeah, it's definitely there's a conscious awareness about the actual potentials and the significance of these cycles. So self-awareness and feeling at home within ourselves are key to riding the waves of this change. So much is upending as we experience little deaths throughout the year. Um, It's forcing us into the deep work of thinking for ourselves, uh, finding our own ground and trusting what we feel. Uh, Fear and shame have kept us oppressed and susceptible to manipulation. But now we're rising out of these limiting uh, habituations and we're breaking out of the conditioning that has kept us from freedom, liberation, and lasting joy. Yeah, and you know we must add value to the community. I do believe that's a because because Aquarius rules community and network uh, networking. I I do believe that a lot of lessons that we are learning is more so is find the value in yourself, and then how do you bring value to other people? Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. And I I'm going to predict that the arts are going to be more respected, considering Aquarian. Energies kind of have more of a respectful uh, connotation towards the arts of things. Well, then uh, you think about it, even the publication of this conjunction back during like that whole, you know, a little bit before the 16th century and like even the 16th century, it brought in the Renaissance. So, yeah. And there you go. I mean, that's that, that makes sense. So there mm-hmm. you go. And it's ironic that you mentioned that. I didn't even think about that. Uh, yeah. The artists of the world will, I think, will rise up. And I don't mean just. The ones that are famous already or the popular ones, but the artists in general, um, it won't be enough anymore to just make money, which would be Taurus and and Cap and the Earth signs, you know, just that material success and security. I don't believe it's going to be like that anymore. Uh, that's the old paradigm. You know? like gr- certifications, status, like those things are going to be less significant nowadays. Totally. You know, greed has been revered at the expense of all of us in the environment in the in the last 200 years in these earth signs, uh, you know, when building wealth in this new age, I think, you know, adding value to the lives of others are going to make you the popular person. Mm-hmm. The unselfish giving people will be the ones that, you know, bringing ro- forth that universal knowledge and, you know, being about, you know, of others, but being able to do it relating to the self, doing the self work first and being able to share that outwardly and be able to, you know, you know, find that way of being a helpful person in the community. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll raise those up. The, the, the ones that use their minds, their talent, their skills, their abilities that make improvements and impacts on the lives of others. You know, the consciousness of greed will see its ugly face out the door and it's about time. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is about collective freedom, you know, of equality and human rights for everyone. And, uh, I think we'll see an increased satisfaction of more conventional attitudes and uh, see the out-of-date hierarchies start to diminish old structures that prevent people from being free and prevent Bye. the... Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. No, like, let them have it. Old structures, I think, will prevent people from, you know, they, they, they do prevent 
people from being free and who they are and then expressing that because we have to go to our job or we have to go get status or we have to get that manager position or we have to go make more money to pay off our bills and, and whatnot and to survive. I think that will change. Uh, and that's due to my knowledge of astrology and understanding what the Aquarian energies really are and coming from what the Capricorn energies brought, you know, and the fact that that's what's it's saying like that's it's time to change that stuff. Goodbye, greed. Goodbye, left hand mm-hmm. path. Goodbye, selfish success. Yeah. And like, honestly, the 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 rat race reality is being shaken up. Uh, and an incredible work lies ahead of us. So uh, we need to rebuild our lives and the world with open-hearted care and an understanding of our inner connection. It's time to muster the courage uh, and confront and fight corruption and deception without hardening our hearts. Uh, you know, that's just been the constant theme all the time. You know, survival of the fittest. Everybody's in competition. You know, that's that stuff is coming to an end. Yeah, and, you know, also, like clean cities and, you know, good jobs that maybe suit the individual and the ability to obtain the very things that we want through these, you know, uh, replacing the rat race with that, you know, mm-hmm. like cleaning up cities is huge because I feel like, you know, that's the environment for the public. That is something that affects all of us. And I think cities are dirty and grimy and have a really bad energy. And I think that would transform a lot of things. You, you don't really think about it, but your environment is stronger than your will. You know, that's going to affect everybody. And by us cleaning that up and cleaning our act up and the way our workforces are mm-hmm. and the way we make money and all that, it's going to change because that, and that's going to change the people. If you change the people, you change, you know, the community, you change everything, yeah. you know, well, but, you think about what we were talking about, you know, in the past episodes with energy and talking about, you know, collectively when, everybody gets on a certain frequency Mm. it has more of a powerful effect it's the same thing with this you know if we're you know tapping into a higher level of consciousness and uh this this open-heartedness and liberation um and and sharing that and and other people are hopping on it too that force and is coming on stronger to the point where the bigger the, the bigger momentum that's behind this group the more actual change we're going to see. Yeah, point being, you know, so if you fix your environment, you fix your your workforce, the way that we run this society, the more people that focus on what it is they love to do and what they uh, and who they are, uh, that energy is going to be infectious. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, people are going to start waking up all around the world even more because that energy's there. It's like the momentum of our consciousness is starting to point towards that. And it's like when you think about 2020 and you think about where our energy went, it went to fear, it went to accusations, it went to fighting the enemy and all that. And that was all around. You couldn't get away from it. I mean, I went on, I, I almost stopped going on social media because yeah. I couldn't deal with it anymore. It was yeah. such a gooky, shitty energy. Yeah. And then you also think about the other side of it, the very few people uh, that like, I, I, I'll just use me and Ray as an example that we did sit there in this incubation period and instead of looking at it as like what we can't do, we realized what we can do. We realized that we had our own little reset to be able to reevaluate our own lives and our own situation and build ourselves uh, uh, ourselves up in a way that allowed us to be able to now, as we're kind of coming out of this a bit now be able to share it and express it forward and after being able to sit there with it and practice it and really tune into that frequency so um 
And it began with the individual, you know, at the, the, uh, you know, the effects that are going, that are happening to people on the individual level is eventually going to be global. But how does something become global? It mm-hmm. affects one person at a time, and then that eventually turns into the masses. You know, our states eventually affect the states of the world. So you're working on yourself individually, and things are happening where you're in your own incubation period in your own life. And let's say things are being torn down, whether if it was your career, whether it was your relationships, and all that. And then you're reevaluating your values and how it is you're living your life well that change that's being brought upon you is now going to affect how you deal with other people and how you deal with your personal situations and your mindset and your emotions and then that in turn affects your environment and the people around you and that's how it can become infectious and then when more enough people are doing that it becomes a global thing so these that pendulum swings yeah the transit direction Right. The transits on these smaller scale individual levels will eventually become global. And that's how it works. Well, I mean, even think about it, like we kind of mentioned it in uh, Journey of uh, Journey of the Ages. You know, what's the opposite of Aquarius? It's Leo um, and Leo being that courageous, that self-empowered. Um, that's what comes into the play. We all had to embrace our inner Leos. And we also had on uh, what was it uh, during the. During August, where they called it, it was the big thing. You may have seen a bunch of people posting it. Lionsgate, the Lionsgate, and everything and stuff. Which you know, it's not necessarily just one day. It's 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 a huge portal. It's a huge shift in time. And I think no matter what, we have to embrace our inner Leo. Leo's the king. Leo's Leo is 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 the sun. It's it's God. You know, it's Jesus. You know, if you want to take it that way, and it's embracing that self empowerment to the point where. It allows us to grow ourselves into somebody who's going to be beneficial for the collective. Yeah, be your own royalty, and yes. then when you when you've earned that for yourself, you now you you now push it towards other people, and you help them out to find their own inner yeah. Leo to be yeah. to be the king in their or queen in their own lives. And then that's how you would use a polarity of a sign. So in this age, as we've mentioned, you're going to have to find your own Leo archetype. How do you become the king and royalty of your own life? And then, but then how does that serve the community? Yeah. The king and queen of your solitude. You know, that's, that's the importance and it's not too late. You know, it's not too late. I mean, if you're jumping on the train now and stuff, uh, it's okay. You can look at it as the fact that the fact that you have this, the self-awareness of it is key is big it's big and that's a, a, a shifting point for yourself and you could just see it if you have that awareness awareness that hey moving forward I, i'm i'm going to be the king or queen of my own reality uh, of, of my own self you know it's with integrity truth and divine justice are ready to prevail karmic uh, uh rectifications are upon us and if we insist on lying cheating or harming others our lives could explode you know so that's just where that awareness is it comes it come into and also catch yourselves in those moments going towards more of that negative side, I guess you could say. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Whether you take it as a dark side Leo, mm-hmm. uh, being the, you know, emperor, dictator and, and uh, inflicting that upon people or more so looking at the more important part of this transit of what's going on is the Jupiter Saturn of, you know, if you're going to be that old way that the, the, the Jupiter Saturn Earth, earthy kind of you know, manipulating people and situations for your own success, that's not going to work anymore. And I mean, be my guest, go ahead and try to do it, but it eventually will just 
bring you bad luck because it's not it's it's time to change it, it's it's now that the shift has begun and it's no longer about just your success it's about the success of the ones around you in the community and how it is you affect those yeah you. i mean if you even look at it as far as you know what we've been through and what we've learned from this year you know you could have been like look at all the all the all the celebrities look at all the celebrities when it comes down to it and people of status and everything when this coronavirus hit yeah maybe it didn't affect some people when it comes to financially in that way and stuff but it came to a point where it didn't matter you, you know you couldn't hide behind oh i'm i'm this or i'm that or i have this many followers nobody nobody cares at that point so you could see how that narcissistic nature or just that self-absorbed nature uh where it starts going towards more of like the negative side was no long is no longer being embraced anymore. Now it's about those that can find that peace, find that harmony and that unity and that liberation uh, of 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 everybody that are really the ones who are gaining that momentum and 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 seeing the 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 greater side of this. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, no matter what happens externally, we can feel the strength of our spines, our connection to Earth. And the tenderness of our hearts. This is the axis of transformation in 2020 now going into 2021. Uh, our secret weapons as the planet strip us, strip us bare. Thrusting, uh, they're thrusting us into a fresh new year, a new decade, and a new age. Yeah, yeah. New age, also new cycle. You mm-hmm. know, now this begins another 20-year cycle. And the next 20 years, which is why we talk about this conjunction, is... The theme, this is what's important. We're giving you the heads up. Mm-hmm. The next 20 years would be to focus on yourself, to become the own, your own king or queen in your own reality. But then how does it you serve the public? How is it you serve the people around you? And what will you do to better the world and better the environment and help the lives of others and help and raise their vibration and raise their awareness? Um, and you will be rewarded greatly for yeah. that. So to be yourself and to just help other people. Yeah. Simply put. There's there's so much look how so much so much information, so much universal information has come out to us. Uh with all that information, we've seen how it's given us time to really look back at life and be like, wow, like I can't believe we were just blindly going through and allowing a lot of this shit to happen as a society. You know, now it comes to the point where we realize that, especially with everybody with mask mandates and everything, and we've seen how we collectively uh, have come together and abided by these rules and restrictions, and we say it's for the benefit of uh, our neighbors and and our family and our loved ones. Um, you know, to so to keep everybody healthy. You know, if we're able to come together in that way. This has shown us that we're able to come together in another way now knowing all the problems that we've had in our society and and on a global scale that we realize that shit if we could come together and do that we could come together and pay more attention to the environment pay attention to the homeless pay attention to our neighbors uh you know we we've saw about family like you know being you know being forced to stay away from family you know and and now you know we're we're craving that back when we're like you know what like we need to get more in touch and connect more again so you're you're seeing now that right right then and there right right and you know i wanted to use um a comparison on how other people may have used the past transits um 
what's happened with the conjunctions in, uh, say, Taurus would be a good one since Mm -hmm. it was the most recent before this. Uh, The Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Taurus was in May and June of around 2000, uh, 23 to 24 degrees. Um, So the way I want to do this is when you look at your chart and you find where these degrees fall in your chart, the house placement of the conjunction and any aspects form, this is where your life has started going and where your life's heading, uh, where you would need to focus your energies. Uh, This is an area where ideally personal commitments have been made and where you're striving for tangible achievement of your life goals. Uh, You know, the goal of a Jupiter-Saturn cycle is just that. Uh, In the study of astrology, we learn to use the formative power of the will in alignment with planetary symbolism Mm -hmm. for the purpose of evolving and unfolding all of our potentials. Um, Thus, the conjunction means what we make it mean. It is not a question of what is going to happen to me at this time, but rather, what am I going to make of this transit? You know, how do I choose to invent the meaning of the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction? Uh, you know, that moment has lasting impact on all of us. You know, for example, there was a, a woman who wanted to buy a house, was going to have a conjunction in her fourth house. The fourth house rules the home. She lined up her loan from a bank months ahead of time. She got ready for the conjunction, and by the time it occurred, she was ready to proceed. She found the right place, and she purchased, Taurus, buying things, the home and property, fourth house. A new cycle of her life began. The Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Taurus made financial growth and stability a major issue for for the entire cycle, lasting from 2000 to now. Think about that. Hmm. A stability, you know, financial growth and stability, a major issue of this entire cycle the past 20 years. Uh, The the conjunction initiated a time of active striving to earn more money, a time of greater focus on financial commitments and generating wealth. Jupiter and Saturn conjunct in Taurus means taking charge of our financial destiny. You know, Taurus ruling money, Saturn ruling destiny, more, more so status. Uh, you know, Taurus is a sign of the ox or a beast of burden. Uh, pulling a cart like an ox requires strength, determination, and persistence. It makes sense in the archetype factor. In the archetypal factor, uh, you know, we place greater emphasis on working hard and saving money. Mm-hmm. The conjunction in Taurus reminded us that to counterbalance the electric but airy disembodied quality of the growing electronic culture, which Uranus was in Aquarius, we also need to connect to the nature of Earth. Yeah. Absolutely. I know when when that, you know, Saturn and Jupiter were in Taurus, um, it, it was a, a lot about it was about, you know, what you were building um, and 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 what, you know, how you were creating value. You know, it was about the money being flaunted, you know, you know, because it was around that time, you know, uh, you know, 1999 leading into the 2000s. Mm. Um, you know, you see money being flaunted by people, you know, rap videos with expensive name brands and cars and jewelry, people getting plastic surgery. Uh, you know, so now, you know, we're seeing that part of that cycle now with Uranus in Taurus and Uranus is making, uh, making a square to this conjunction. Um, and it's reshaping how we create value in this time and identifying with our self-worth but not necessarily in a label sort of way with certifications or job titles or with appearance only. It's emotional value. Uh, it's it's the worth within ourselves and solitude and how we leave our mark our mark in society coming from a place of love and compassion. Um, you know, this square to Uranus, uh, you're you know now we're seeing people wake up. It's a flooding of connectivity. 
Uh, and this can cause some disturbance in society because uh, it's the clash of the new paradigm with the old paradigm. You know, um, another another thing, you know, and I'm going to fast forward a little bit here. Um, all the all the planets are going to be above the horizon on inauguration day which means nothing will be hidden. It's all things that are out there in the open for everybody to see. Yeah, top part of the chart would mean yeah. out in the open. Bottom part of the chart, when you look at the chart, is hidden Yeah, or internal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's but the thing is, it's going to be slow moving uh, after that day with the moon being in Taurus. Yeah, don't expect things to move fast next no, year. No, not at all. So it's going to be, you know, because the moon will be in Taurus and, you know, Taurus... Like we said, is like the bull grazing in the field, taking its time. The bull can be lazy. Um, so it's going to be slow moving with the moon in Taurus. So there's going to be a lot of hesitation and feelings um, and and make and it's making aspects to those planets. So there's no quick changes or reactions to our society, our government and economics. Uh, it'll be a lot of planning in order to change and move forward with the next administration, whoever it may be especially when having to do with money, banks, property, and monetary systems, because those are all Uranus aspects. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that's what we're going into and why I wanted to use the conjunction of the past 20 years is we've, most of us have been alive Mm -hmm. the past 20 years. Um, If you're listening to this, most likely you have. Um, But when we had it in, uh, in Taurus, you know, that changed our attitudes towards money, um, you know, to become more realistic, more resourceful, you know, uh, to be more determined with money. Uh, the, the recognition of things in life we valued besides money, such as time, nature, music, love and friendship was the more the positive side or more, say, the more progressive side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of you know, TRL came out, music videos. Yeah. You know, we uh, and, and if you do the early 2000s was very like pop culture. I love yeah people and yeah, think you know, about, it was, think it about the positive music the millennium like it was just like oh like it's all this and it, it did it became real flashy well and venus rules taurus and when you mm-hmm. really think like that's when it did get flashy very yeah. venus like venus would bring because venus rules taurus and if, if you know if taurus was a big part of that uh transit mm-hmm. you're it, it's having that effect you see it in the aesthetics and that was also like a time where you see where there was a big concept since we're talking about venus there was a big concept on like this whole thing with uh you know, uh, being flirty and relationship a little bit and stuff. And you even think about during that time, friends was big and they always, the, the show friends yeah, was yeah. big and then sex in the city, sex in the city was a big thing that popped off too during that time. Yeah. That's like a, that's like a Venus Scorpio yeah. Yeah. type of thing. And Scorpio is actually on the opposite side of mm-hmm. Taurus, which would make sense. Yep. So, and so now, you know, like, so you think back and, and remember guys, uh, you could do your own homework, and we say these things. We can't hit every mm-hmm. corner of each part of the topics that we're talking about, but we try and give you the most important stuff. But if you go look at the conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter and Taurus mm-hmm. and go look about what it means and then then really refre- uh, reflect upon the past 20 years and look at the themes of everything, you could see it for yourself. You know, yeah. we would, you know, we want you guys to do that. We think it's fun yeah. you know i think it's fun yeah, when it comes yeah. to 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 looking at transits mm-hmm. and looking at what astrology was saying and then what was going on in the world mm-hmm. your best astrologers are the ones that do that yeah and no matter what you're using that creative point in your mind 
to be able to create your own way of understanding and adapting as well. So it kind of gives you that preparation. But one more thing I want to mention, though, with uh, the, you know, the Uranus uh, square, um, you know, this Uranus in Taurus squaring this, you know, now new conjunct uh, conjunction for in Aquarius, it's 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 old business models are changing too. Being that Uranus has to do, uh, you know, Uranus and Taurus has to do with the whole, you know, money and value and worth. Um, to shake up, yeah, businesses, business models are changing. With Uranus ruling the internet, a lot of businesses are adapting, especially with Aquarius too. A lot of these business businesses are adapting by using technology in the inter- internet more. Uh, the internet more to interact. Yeah, how ironic. Yeah, you know, look, everybody I, I, Zoom calls now and stuff. And, yeah. you know, now they're noticing that even even the same thing with schools, you know, there probably is not going to be any more snow days because now we realize that we could do virtual learning, uh, you know, then say a lot of business can be done from home. Like I could say too, like my mom, I mean, she would work home from home uh, certain days and she works for um, uh, an equipment company that a lot of contractors and construction people use um, these different uh, constru- like electronics. Um, and now, even after all this, she'll be working from home. She's full time. She could do a full function of job job from home on her computer. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So like money, worth and values are all changing. Yeah. Yeah. And to simplify, really think, you know, Uranus, which is the ruler of Aquarius, Aquarius rules ether, ethernet, the internet, uh, Taurus rules business or money, more so money values, how we make our money, mm-hmm. what we value. We're now we're making money on the internet. That would be an yeah. Aquarian or Uranus Taurus theme. So it's, it's once again, learning how to take the archetypes and what they mean on a symbolic level and then applying it to the real world. Um, you know, how they came up with this, it's a miracle, but it's mm-hmm. there and it works. Yeah, it um, does. You know, and this is going to lead us now into, so now because you understand this, you know, the, this past transit and what we've been going through, we now want to, we're approaching the end and we want to talk about now even more with the Jupiter conjunct Saturn transit. Yeah. can get a little more in depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, one thing I want to touch up on, since we kind of mentioned Venus a little bit, um, during the middle of this year, there was the two points where we had Mars and Venus uh, retrograde. Uh, Now, Venus, uh, you know, when it was in retrograde, it was, you know, changing how we deal with love and how we were looking at relationships and communicating through expression. Um, you know, you think about it, especially look at all the memes and the jokes that were coming out in the middle of the year was like, you know, you know, day something, a quarantine and they're like, you know, relationships were failing and all this stuff. And then other relationships were thriving. So it depended all upon how you were dealing with it. But also Mars retrograding, uh, was really about how we took initiative in our life. We also saw that fiery, a sense of protesting and and tempers flaring so like that those were big aspects of the feminine and the masculine coming into play where it was bouncing back and forth where it was a more you know there was love and light and uh, um and, and that sense of of harmony and stuff but there also was that sense of intense anger uh, intense frustration and temper and and just initiative and then even positive initiative too you know, positive initiative to really for people to take this whole situation and be like, you know what? 
holy crap, I've been doing my life not in the way that I want to be doing it. And it's not serving me, especially now that I have to sit here in this shit. Let me change it. And that was that that Mars, that masculine initiative yeah. with the help of that Venus love because it was retrograde. So it puts you sitting there in it and lets you understand it. Retrograde would mean internal. Mm-hmm. You know, you it's not only going backwards in certain areas of the life or part of your life that it's touching when it comes to where it is in your chart and where it is in the sky, but it also reverts to what's going on inside of you about those specific subjects. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think about the quarantine and, you know, relationships, right? So if whoever you chose to be around, mm-hmm. you were stuck yeah. around. It made you double, triple yeah. think your relationships because it's like, can I handle this person? Yep. Do I even give a shit? enough to to keep them around or you know is it time for me to change so this pandemic and and this year got you thinking because you know every decision seemed vital for your well-being all year venus ruling relationships mars ruling drive and aggression and stuff like that and so bam the retrograde hits so it's like oh well if you know you're not on the right path that mars energy is gonna build up Mm -hmm. and it's gonna build up and fester and then it's gonna you're gonna burst and you're going to pop. Exactly. And, you know, speaking of that and speaking about retrogrades, something that foreshadowed that um, would be when we had Mercury uh, retrograde uh, around October of 2019 in Scorpio. Um, You know, so it kind of, you know, we see how it brought, uh, it started bringing up a line of communication of some of these hidden elements coming to the surface that will be changing things moving forward. Um, you know, one of the one of it being, you know, the whole, you know, CV nineteen. You know, it, it, that's when around that time. I mean, I know it was also September as well, but around that time when is what was when it was being discussed and it was getting attention from governments. Um, uh, also in two thousand fifteen, uh, Mercury retrograde. Uh, it was a time of mental distortion. I know for myself, I, I. I I, I could not come to grips with my logic and I was struggling in my relationship at the time and I felt like I was going crazy. So you see how these cycles start to link up. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's how we could also use the astrology to see what is it possibly foreshadowing with depending on what other planets is coming in contact with in these transits and then also what signs, what's this archetype, what's this general theme that it's going to be around. Yeah, it's giving you the blueprint, you know, and what to somewhat expect. And the thing is, is you have a global chart and then you have your personal chart and the way you would learn how it's going to affect you on an individual level is you have to know your rising sign. You have to know your houses. If you don't know these things, we all have Google at this point. It's very easy to find. Mm-hmm. There's free birth chart generators. And what you do is you 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 have to know by the exact time because the rising sign changes every two hours. But to know your exact time will tell you your chart placement of your houses. And what that does is so you 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 basically look at the chart of today mm-hmm. and you compare it to your chart of your birth. Mm-hmm. And however the planets are talking and whatever houses they're in is going to affect you on the individual level. You also have the mundane astrology of it being a global thing. So Venus and Mars being relationships and this and that. But if it's in, say, your fourth house, you might be going through problems with your relationships and property or mm. arguments over property. Or maybe just your home is if Mars being in the fourth, say, where, you know. I have that placement, but more so you can go through some chaos or some aggression in the home. Or if you have it in the sixth house, it would be in the workplace. Um, 
you know, so you, if you learn to use your chart, I, I, I challenge all of you to, uh, if you're not already well adept into astrology, learn your chart, learn where it's at, and then use this conjunction as an excuse to at least attempt to understand uh, how to use the blueprint and to see for yourself how fascinating it is. Yeah. And if you guys would like, uh, in the show notes, we could actually uh, throw in some good links for you to, if you want to uh, be able to look at your chart. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of ones that we don't recommend. So if you want to get one that's going to give you maybe a good reading, uh, we'll we'll give you the links to them. Uh, and even there's certain applications on your phone that you know can can help you start to be able to understand. Uh, these charts. Yeah, and you, you know want. what? Let me throw this in there too because I'm willing to do this for, for people. Okay. If you don't trust yourself or say you don't really understand or you want it, you want the real answer, I have AstroGold, mm-hmm. which is a $200 program. Yeah. And if you send me your information, which you don't have to send me much information, just mm-hmm. your birth time, place, whatever, if you trust that, um, I basically run charts mm-hmm. and off the most professional program you could buy. It's the most expensive and most professional. Yeah program the leo king uses it and many other astrologers and uh, i can run the chart for you and give you your actual chart setup and then on top of it we can you know we can communicate with you about things in your chart uh rather than just not only what it says um you know what the app says we could even give you uh, a good interpretation as well ourselves and communicate with things this way you're not just reading something you know you're also hearing and seeing uh you know what the information is being said about your chart and then you could also see what resonates with you and maybe what doesn't resonates with you and maybe you're having trouble understanding something and we can help you um you know clear that up yeah, as we're, well we're, we're more, the, than, more than happy to do that definitely and mm-hmm. we're in the midst of also becoming astrologers ourselves you yeah. know we're learning this information it's just mm-hmm. we have such a vast amount of information that we have show notes we have you know we try to um you know collect as much info and and mm-hmm. express it to you in our most authentic and genuine way possible but there's so much to learn that we actually have to note and take our time with a lot of these subjects because it's such a vast knowledge yeah. and a chart reading like that <laughs> most people and most astrologers would 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 be charging you will absolutely do it for free for you like absolutely yeah, you know? and and i'll say two to three hundred dollars a reading yeah, exactly we're not we're not doing that and we're going to talk with you about it in real time so i definitely think that's something you know you should hop on if you you know if you want to if you want to learn and go more in depth about it yeah yeah totally mm-hmm. in and uh, it's going to be a part of our shtick it really is like we're going to really get involved with our with our fans and listeners and stuff yeah. like that and uh you know, we want to learn together. We're all learning together. You know, it's like I can't express how vast the knowledge is. It's it's endless uh, occult astrology, you know, psychology, all that. There's so much to learn and we could share with each other and start building that Aquarian community that we're beginning to learn about. Before we carry on into the rest of these uh, aspects of this transit, I want to run you through uh, a few examples of the aspects of each part of this transit, meaning so we have the conjunction which we're entering now and there's some future things that are going to happen uh, that, you know, show up in certain timing. Um, You know, you'll have square aspects, you'll have oppositions and stuff. So right now is a vital time to make a decision and I'm going to show you some examples over time in the past transits how it affected other people. At the conjunction, a new commitment is formed. We start putting energy into a project or projects. Uh, we develop certitude that this is what we're going to do. 
for the rest of our lives. And this is what we hope to achieve. Uh, at the opening Jupiter-Saturn square, we're going to be asked to take some decisive step towards actualizing the purpose and commitment formed at this conjunction. Very important. Um, in the spring of 1986, Jupiter was at uh, 10 degrees Pisces, and it was square Saturn at 10 degrees Sagittarius. There was a woman named Brenda. Uh, she had the 1981 Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, conjunct her natal Venus and Neptune and Libra. Uh, she began to teach art. Libra rules art and beauty. Uh, Jupiter, Saturn was transiting her 11th house. So her teaching involved not just lecturing, but also facilitating group process. 11th house, which is actually ruled by Aquarius group process. Um, then during the square in 1986, she expanded her school and went national with her work through, uh, promotional advertising and a lecture tour, uh, with transiting Jupiter in her fourth house. She established a new base of operations, a new foundation, a new home, moving to a major city and opening two new centers. Uh, natal Saturn was in Brenda's ninth house, so note that the whole cycle referred to her innate desire and capacity to teach, ninth house being ruled by Sagittarius, which is also higher learning and teachers. Um, the opening square of any cycle is a time for decisive action, you know, to make the dream or ambition become real, to make it happen. Uh also to fulfill the purpose of the cycle, the purpose that was revealed at the conjunction. So we're going through this conjunction now, and just like Brenda back in 1986, you know, at that particular point where she decided she wanted to do something, at that first square is where she had to make the most vital decisions to make it happen. Now is the decision time. What is it that you want to do? Where, where do you want to take your life? What communities do you want to be a part of? Um. And in 1986, another woman had made the decision that to be an effective astrologer in this culture, she needed the psychological training and technique. Thus, she returned to school to become a psychotherapist. Transiting Saturn was in her third house in Sagittarius, while Jupiter and Pisces passed through her sixth house of vocational planning, training, and skill enhancement. So higher education, uh, you know, learning, teaching, and vocational planning, training, and skill enhancement. So third and sixth house combinations. Uh, ideally, we see some expansion or culminating events of our enterprise climactic outcome by the time of the Jupiter-Saturn opposition. The opposition was from 1989 uh, to 1991. And at the opposition, a woman wrote a series of instructional videos based on the work she started at the conjunction and expanded at the opening square. So I'm kind of riding you through the cycle here. It described her complete philosophy of art, education, and even her creativity. Uh, it was the culmination of her years of work. The third quarter square of Jupiter-Saturn occurred in February 1995. The closing square of any cycle is a time of reorientation of attitude and commitment. There's often the beginning of a breakdown of form because your attitude is changing. Brenda, the woman mentioned earlier, she lost interest in her business at the closing square and thought about selling the company. The closing square is the beginning of a breakdown of our commitments to the project that has defined that cycle. It is the beginning of the end of the cycle. So why I wanted to run through that is, so not only is this conjunction important, the whole, the whole cycle has a theme. You know, and if you follow the timeline of these, you know, you use these examples, you know, right now is a decision time. And then as more time passes, you're going to have these certain aspects and certain points in time where 
you now it's time to do this and now it's time to do that and this is how you would apply an astrological cycle and use the timing of it to better enhance the quality of your life and your decision making exactly so another thing that i want to get into now since we were talking also about past uh transits and everything another big point to notice is uh the nodes then uh, wh- where they were, uh, what signs were they were in and how they entered now and how they interact with this conjunction. So, you know, we said Saturn's been in cap since December 2017, and then Saturn is moving into Aquarius on December 17th uh, of obviously this year. Uh, Jupiter moves into Aquarius days after. Uh, now, we know Jupiter doesn't like to be in cap uh, because it's the biggest planet and expansive and cap is restrictive. So if Saturn in cap is rules and restriction, we can't help but notice how CV-19 is the focus right now. But we are moving into asking about the other small details. And this has to relate to now with the North Node in Gemini, where it needs to be understood. And, uh, you know, and these things are coming out. The The cap energy is distilling information Uh, once it's in Aquarius, there's a sense of focus, but nothing is necessarily as it seems. Uh, so the best thing that can be done is to adapt and be flexible and think outside the box. This also has a deep connection to, uh, the solar eclipse in December of 2019 with Jupiter and with the South node in cap. Um, you know, with, with that being said, it was kind of like the dawning of this new, uh, this new way of us having to think. Um, yeah, the way we process. Exactly. So, I mean, to go back, you know, to go into the nodes, though, now, uh, after a year and a half of them being uh, along the Cancer and Capricorn axis, the lunar nodes have shifted into Gemini and Sagittarius. Um, and that happened on May 6th of this year. Uh, And they'll be there and remain there until January 18th of 2022. Uh, So the North Node is our highest evolutionary potential. While in Cancer, now this is when it was in Cancer, the North Node, uh, we've grown into much greater emotional maturity over the past 18 months, understanding that repression is not sanity or strength and that we don't need to uh, pathologize our emotional expression. So the cancer North node has empowered the feminine helping to usher in a more matriarchal age. Saturn and Pluto's North nodes are also in cancer. Uh, and, and, you know, we truly begin to inhabit an era of greater kindness and caring where we prioritize relating to all beings as if they're our own mother or child, uh, rather than over empty achievement or individual wealth. So now, you know, we have Gemini and Sag, the North and South nodes. Gemini being the little things and details and Sag being uh, the bigger things and broadening exploration and expectation. So with the North node now being in Gemini, the emphasis is on objective truth. The South node represents the places where we need to untangle from our old karma In Sagittarius, this means the karmic load has become heavy around lying, deception, rigid dogmatic beliefs, uh, journalism, the median, 
uh, the media and politics, um, those are all ready to alter as we purify this access and learn to open our minds to greater curiosity, meaningful dialogue, and a much better ability to listen. Uh, you know, life went from going through emotional and physical changes to wanting to know what's happening, restlessness, wanting to explore, exaggeration, focus, uh, a focus on what's irresponsible. Also, to a focus on communication and ways of interacting, having to adapt, being clever and curious, innovative, gossip, uh, changeable, nervous, intense. You know, if you think about, you know, how just even the shift from the end of the uh, end of 2019 uh, leading into this year, uh, leading into the beginning of this year and then even into spring of this year, you can see that how it was kind of like we just jumped from this place of really you know, coming, just being, you know, having this, uh, you know, real, a real sense of emotion and a nurture, uh, nurturing, um, and really stepping into that, but then going into more of the like, oh my God, what's going on? Uh, you know, uh, I need to find this out, you know, and then everybody talking to each other and being curious and, and, you know, finding new ways, nervousness, like I said, and then just being tense. Right. And, uh, I would say with, uh, South Node and Sagittarius, it's really letting go of the self-righteous, uh, outdated, and dogmatic beliefs, like philosophizing uh, everything, overthinking, always being busy and on the go, um, selfishly kind of, you know, because, I mean, the Gemini really is, like, it's it's an adaptation, your community, storytelling, teaching, uh, you know, openness, and, and some people may not think so, but honesty and communicating ideas. But yeah, so having this North Node in Gemini really is about getting down to the facts and the details of things in your own life and all that. Um, but what's crazy with this South Node being in Sag, I, I must mention, is Sagittarius rules um, long distance traveling and flying. And the last time we had this placement was 18 years ago because that was, uh, you know, it's an 18 year cycle of the nodes. And we had that TSA problem going on, the TSA yeah. situation. We saw 9 11 happen and then mm-hmm. bringing the, you know, bringing in of the, the, the TSA. And there was a lot of, you know, nervousness around travel and it became more difficult as well. And, you know, there was a lot of that's the other thing with Sag, too. You could fall into a place of delusion of thinking like, Oh, I could do this. I could do that. Whatever. And like Jupiter, that um, excessive optimism. Yeah, exactly. There's where the Jupiter comes in of that obs- uh, 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 obsessive optimism. But the thing is, also with Sag, um, and then now having Saturn with it, is the fact where it's like, no, think again. That's not what's really going to happen. Yeah, it's about the willingness to admit that we could be wrong and understanding it doesn't mean anything about uh, us other than we are human. You know, it's about the fluidity of being able to change our minds, uh, thoughts, and beliefs from one day to the next when presented with new information, Gemini ruling information, Mm -hmm. you know, allowing and even inviting in the questioning of ourselves from other people, listening to other people's advice and guidance, uh, accepting ourselves when we are wrong and allowing other people to be wrong and make mistakes, you know, makes us deeply human. Uh, the most important parts are willingness to just stay open to learning, holding ourselves and each other accountable, and being open to accountability and feedback in return. Because Sagittarius is rigid in their beliefs, Jupiter ruling beliefs, um, Jupiter ruling Sag. So 
if you have dogmas or religions or, or, you know, if you're part of a culture or some sort of group and you're protesting and this and that, you really need to check yourself at the door because, you know, those, those things are really of no importance right now. It's something that we have to shed with that being the sign of the South node. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Besides the nodes, though, another big thing that just passed on the 14th uh, here in December was the new moon total solar eclipse in Sagittarius. So we see how also that comes into play, especially with the south node. So now with this new moon total solar eclipse in Sag, it's very close to the galactic center. Now that's that's the... um, the ecliptic line, which is pretty much like the horizon uh, 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 and the, I guess you could say the equator of like the sun where all the planets fall on. Um, and then you have the galactic, which the galactic is the line uh, and is the pathway of, of, of our sun in the galaxy. So um, then when those two points meet, you get the galactic center. Now we had this new moon total solar eclipse at that like lined up with that center point now when this happened things happen at the speed of light when you know the transits pass through here uh this causes a shadow at first but then having a vision afterwards it's about finding the truth and light from the shadows with the eclipse falling on the gemini sagittarius axis um during the second half of this year now the Political sphere has been ramping up with even more greater intensity, moving toward profound change. And I definitely everybody here can agree that that's uh, that that's something we've definitely have seen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're experiencing a flurry of information and words that are difficult to sort out. However, as the nodes square Neptune for for much of the rest of uh, much of the year, um, our path is obvious. We need to strengthen our stillness and meditation and calling on our own heart and clear intelligence to uncover truth for ourselves. Neptune squaring the nodes, uh, which gives a sense of dismemberment and ecstatic experience, but it also brings madness. Uh, With the eclipse happening with this square, there's a chance of seeing whatever it is you believe, which we've all been doing that with the news. Uh, You know, we've seen a lot of people, you know, the same thing, red or blue. And, you know, people are just easily falling into believing what they're being told. And it is causing this great division. Yeah, political parties, sexual orientation, mm-hmm. the non-binary thing going on. All of that stuff yeah. is becoming its belief systems, you know, kind of taking people over. Yeah. And people are doing it in a, in a, in a madness sort of way where it's causing people to not even you can't you can't combat these people you cannot disagree with them it's just like they take these beliefs so much to heart um it's important to keep a clarity about how we are responding to what we hear in the world uh we need to see beyond the veiled uh uh, it's a revelation of things being revealed around uh 90 days after this eclipse now because that's when the new moon eclipse cycle ends now that we have the that we had this Um, this new moon solar eclipse happen uh, in Sagittarius conjunct with the South node and in opposition to the North node. Um, There was, there's, there's a sense of disorientation uh, relative to our beliefs. 
Uh, that's wherever we put meaning to things. Uh, it could bring up where the world that we see as Gemini factual could actually just be our mind mirroring back to itself. Uh, anything that doesn't bring up a sense of alignment or peace can have adverse negative effects. With Sagittarius, we need to learn from our experiences and be a visionary beyond our perception. Yeah, because both Sagittarius and Gemini are, are mutable signs, mm-hmm. and that means they're ever moving and changing. You know, if you ever met a Gemini, it's you know, is it going ADHD? Right? You're listening to him right now. Uh, yeah, mutable energy is chaotic, uh, changeable, flexible in mind and thinking. And eclipses, they carry an energy of instability, uh, too similar to mutable energy, if if so. Um, so the days around an eclipse can feel unnerving, chaotic, exciting. You know, depending if you're comfortable with the ever-changing vibe, uh, you know, it's normal to feel confused, ungrounded, and mentally agitated, you know, around eclipse time. You can really feel all the energy. You know, you, you feel the energy for yourself, you know, uh, it, it, you start asking yourself, how does, how does this particular eclipse feel for you when you know what the transit is? You know, you're able to, you know, focus on that particular thing and answer those questions you know, does it feel exciting or unnerving, a combo of both? Or are you comfortable with the unpredictability? You know, both signs being very unpredictable. Yeah. So uh, so knowledge of, of, of Sag is the belief systems and knowing how the belief systems are playing a role in the worldly and personal outcomes. But Gemini takes the knowing about what is factual through communication and gathering all perspectives and information and using a higher intuition. Uh, new ways of communicating and speaking lang- and speaking and language um, is also what comes now um, that's revealed from the shadow of this eclipse and having the North Node in Gemini. Um, how are we going to perceive our reality in the present moment, which is Gemini, rather than Sag, which is tomorrow? And what's kind of funny about that, Spain is ruled by Sagittarius, manana. Tomorrow. Ah. That's where you learn you can learn that way. Oh, shit. Yeah. So Yeah, well, and let me add this too. The mastery of the Sag Gemini axis, because I'm both, I'm a Gemini Sun and Sag rising, and I know this already, is you know, it's to balance the need for adventure with a deepened connection to your local community and roots. You know, and as always, eclipses are not the best time to start things. It's more of a washing away or a burning away, as you could say, of those old old ways of doing things. Um, so you would take this axis and say okay what needs to be burned away what needs to be cleaned out and then to reevaluate and start to plan your next uh you know adventure when it comes to your local community your your, your belief systems and stuff it's, it's it just brings the awareness it, it shine the sun shines on that and burns away what is not needed anymore you know not the best start to, uh, best time to start new things sign a contract start relationships it's basically an ideal time to meditate contemplate and watch your thoughts you know in some astrological schools um what you're thinking about in the days around an eclipse will set the tone for your life for the next cycle yeah it's definitely a big time as far as not necessarily making these like you know it may feel like you need to make certain big moves or you need to do something and you're getting restless you know that's kind of like the sag that's falling in where you want to like branch out and expand but it's more of a time of um thinking and doing more intentionally that's the thing it's to be intentional about where you want to be going you know and 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 you know making sure that that's that's really what brings you worth and self-value um so also though we have uh 
Mercury, which is in Sagittarius as well right now. And with Mercury moving forward, uh, 2021 is going to be a time of focus on how we use our mind rather than base off what we see, what is actually true. Astrology is taking a bigger role on interpreting how we see what's happening, especially with this Aquarius energy coming in. Um, personal work that can be done uh, during these times is offering uh, releasing of what we don't want, uh, you know, making sure we check our beliefs um, and see where they're coming from and, you know, how we're interpreting them. Uh, habits of the mind, like what kind of habits do we have? Uh, uh, habits of thinking mainly. Uh, and then also to take in the visionary, but don't become delusional. Do the inner work, uh, focus inward. Uh, you know, these are all the things that prepares us for the Saturn Jupiter conjunction. It's all uh, it's all an elemental reset. And let me add the uh, the solar eclipse that just passed on the 14th. Uh, the three signs that were actually impacted the most. If, if you guys are listening, you're out there. If you're a Gemini sun, moon or rising, Sagittarius sun, moon or rising or a cancer sun, moon or rising uh, tend to be probably the most notable Signs. I mean, everyone was affected, and obviously to what degree in your chart, but um, when a solar eclipse is in your sign or one of your main aspects in your chart, that's when it's actually most obvious. So if you start to learn astrology in these every six months we have these eclipses, it'd be one of those things to pay attention to. Yes, definitely. Right now is a big time of, you know, embracing that Gemini energy and, and focusing and, you know, using the intuition and the knowledge. Um, so with this great Jupiter-Saturn conjunction that arrives on December 21st at zero degrees Aquarius, uh, the zenith of the sign uh, represents the future, represents technology and and an enlightened society. We're going to see a new innovation of science just propelling forward. We're now constructing new ideologies and structures in the world uh, as we begin a cycle of Saturn and Jupiter in in this air sign. Uh, which, like we said, will remain until twenty one fifty nine. Uh, over the next decade, uh, over the next decade and hundred year cycle, uh, we're going to be ready for exponential growth in our humanity, uh, for technology innovation, like I said, and an ideological revolution. In fact, revolution is sparked with this tran- with this transit. If the world is not matching our hunger for change, then people may hit the streets or revolt against the status quo in even greater numbers, pushing for shifts we are all consciously and unconsciously craving. Yeah, when Saturn actually went into Aquarius in the middle of the year, protests started. Yes, exactly. Revolution, revolting. Mm-hmm. So in many ways, you know, these are exciting new times and, and energies, um, though they can be a little scary and uncertain as we've seen. Aquarian. Um, yeah. He rules earthquakes. Yep. So, but, but by this point, uh, you know, we have undergone tremendous work in unshackling from the past. Uh, and now we're ready to inhabit the future more fully. It's time to really feel freer and more liberated from our ruts uh, individually and collectively. Yeah, this transit really is a time of opportunity, growth, uh, and even good fortune as much as it may not feel like it yet, you know, and it does move slow. It involves Saturn. So it may take a little time to feel like you have gained some sort of good fortune from this or some growth. Um, you know, but we've, we've reached the end of a phase of life and we'll 
we'll feel like we have to advance to a higher level. It's coming. Um, you know, we may have a feeling of completion or in contentment with our achievements thus far as time goes on. You know, as time goes, it, it, it's it, it came. We came out of a dark period. We came out of this time where we were struggling, and and but it a, t- a contentment and completion is coming. It's on its way, and it's how you prepare for it now. Uh, you know, perhaps you realize you can go no further in your current career path, or you know, to embrace, or maybe you're ready to embrace a new challenge. You know, we may find barriers to our progress, which may need to, we may need to climb over or go around. But if we, uh, if we've planned well, or maybe are self-employed or have a lot of freedom, we can grow within the existing structures of our lives. Now, either way, you will be breaking through barriers or expanding within large boundaries. Yeah, exactly. And like with that's really important with that whole, you know, basing around career and money as well. You know, we said Uranus is ruled by Aquarius and how Uranus is in Taurus. And that's for another, you know, five years. Uh, we said how it's the sign of money, the economy, food and farming and the earth. Uh, so as we more fully inhabit the Aquarian energy, these are the areas of life that are are up for the biggest change as well. You know, we have seen a little bit early in the year about scares of sh- uh, food shortage, um, and then also, you know, the fact of, uh, you know, problems with farming and and uh, and then also the big one, the struggle with our economy. Um, so the ways we relate to finances now, the allocation of our resources, agriculture and environmentalism are ready for massive breakthroughs. Like I said, it's not going to be, especially with that whole uh, with 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 the moon, like I said, like coming uh, even in January, it's going to slow the moon coming in Taurus too. Is going to slow things down, and it's going to be a time of really thinking things through. So this could be a good thing, but it also can be where there could be an impatience to things as well. Um, Gemini, exactly. North Node Gemini, you that push going to be there. Yeah. yeah. So it won't happen overnight, but. The Jupiter-Saturn conjunction at zero degrees Aquarius is the seed beginning to sprout. It's a bright green shoot rising from the mulch of our collective karma. It's fresh hope transcending patriarchal oppression in an age of rampant materialism. It's a glimmer of a more enlightened society. This new vision requires each of us to step up and offer our part. As we've established already, no no one's going to save you. No one's going to save us. You know, this Aquarian energy shows us that in order to achieve that Piscean oneness and transcendence, we must first uh, individuate and make sure that all beings have their basic needs met just because they breathe. And you see that theme a lot with people pushing, especially a lot of people that are more on the, you know, politically, if you want to say on the more liberal side, you know, pushing for that. Uh, But you got to watch with that Sagittarius delusion. A lot of them. Uh, a lot of them are having a little bit of delusion where they think uh, they're not thinking things fully through and not embracing that Gemini. Um, so we are in this together, which means there's no giving up on anyone. There's no leaving a single soul behind. You can't with Aquarius because it's universal knowledge and it's the collective. If you suffer, then I suffer. If I have wealth or power, I share wealth or power. It's time to unite from a place of compassion, penetrating intelligence and wisdom and trust in ourselves. 
we we're all gonna, we're as chaotic as things seem. We're gonna be okay, but we can be more than okay if we can do this together. And if we can do this together, anything is possible. Yeah, I remind you that Aquarius is the sign of humanity in astrology. It rules humanity. So we have to come together as a community, as a society, as a you know, as a whole, as one organism, you know, like the cells in your body work to keep your body moving and, and they communicate and, and it keeps your, you know, you're one individual person, but you're made up of many cells and many parts of your body. And we are that of the earth. We are the cells of the earth that keep it going. So if imagine if your cells didn't work in, in coordinates with each other, you would probably have a disease and you'd probably die. And the, the um, lifespan of the earth uh, even though it could shake us off like fleas, more so our lifespan, but, uh, you know, in, in sync with the earth is how good we cooperate. It's not about competitiveness anymore. It's about cooperation. Yeah. Let's replace that. That dog eat dog uh, mentality is, is, is not going yeah. to benefit you really in the long run. In, in this in this new age we're entering. Yeah, watch culture change. Considering the new renaissance is coming, like even the way, say, music is right now, a lot of rap music is preaching a lot of Saturnian self-satisfying things. They're waving money. They're, it, honestly, if you learn the Capricornian sign and look at all of the mainstream entertainment, you see a lot of that, You know, which is why there's a lot of Saturnian worship or Satanic worship. Uh, in the in the media. Yeah, and if you think about it too, we said that Saturn has to do with time and, you know, Kronos is, is time. And you think about the concept of time. Time is something that um, we have identified it as something and have basically created it. You know, our, our perception is what creates time and how we, how we calculate it. You know, in... In the infinite ether, like we've talked about, and that space between space, time does not exist. So that's where you see that you can fall into that Saturnian way. And that Saturnian way, um, it's not necessarily always bad, but it is more heavily focused on the physical world rather than the divine spiritual world. Yeah, yeah, it's very... Um, you know, material based and to be honest, it is not bad at all. It's just the excess of anything is not Mm -hmm. good. For example, if there was an excess in more of a Pisces energy, you'd be completely disconnected from reality. You'd be in an illusionary world and living in your fantasies, not even wanting to be a part of the physical. Have you ever met one of those like hippie people that are completely spiritual and they just, you know, I'm just one with the earth man and all I need to do is sit and meditate and eat kale, you know, like those, that's too much Piscean energy. It's all about balancing out the 12, you know, like your body has 12 systems, right? Well, balancing out each system and taking care of each system will make you a complete and healthy human being. But if you just take care of your muscles, but you eat like shit and whatever your insides will look like crap and you won't be a functioning human being, you know? So this really is a time of, you know, greater self-awareness and, uh, 
you may realize that you are not content with the things as they are, you know, too much responsibility, a boring job, stifling traditions and rules, not enough time or a demanding boss or partner may become too much to cope with, uh, which I believe all of us are already growing through. Um, you may even realize that your own fears and inhibitions are holding you back from happiness and success. Um, and maybe that's your perception of success that is actually preventing you from happiness. Uh, and if so, this transit will cause you much frustration. Uh, that change becomes inevitable. It's going to force you down the path. If, if you're off the path, the universe loves you and will make sure that you jump back on the right path. Um, and with no resistance, you'll be just fine. So even if you don't feel restricted, you'll still see greater freedom and prosperity. You know, faded events, lucky breaks, or deliberate actions will create opportunities for personal and professional growth. Uh, you know, this can involve higher education. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're already on your way. Mm-hmm. The law, religion, spirituality, long-distance travel, once these nodes come out of Sagittarius, or the South Node comes out of Sagittarius, uh, a new uh, career and a new relationship, you know, this might be a good time to borrow for an investment property, uh, to buy your home or to renovate. Perhaps you can get financial backing to, to, to start or grow your own business. I find that a very important topic right now on starting your own business and making your own money because the corporate world is going to get more and more difficult and maybe even more evil. Yeah, so that, that's what I mean. Like, go ahead, be ambitious, be, you know, driven as well. But it's, you know, do it with an intent, an intent that's not just self-absorbed like we were saying. Go ahead, go, go be ambitious, uh, ambitious and go get rich, you know, but it's the, what do you intend to do when you're in that abundance? What do you intend to do? Do you intend to hoard it and just do all the material things? Are you, or are you intending to take that abundance of riches and, and share, not that you got to give everybody away your money. I'm not, I don't mean it like that. It's about the fact that you're doing something that's helping the collective. You're doing something that's helping the community that you're, you're growing with other people as well. And you're coming together as a unit and moving forward. You're not leaving anybody behind. And the same goes for outside people that you're in connection with. So it could help you realize maybe some of your relationships that you may have and not just the intimate romantic relationships, partnerships, anything like that. You can realize from them that, okay, is this person not that they got to, you know, hold your hand and and do everything for you and, and completely support you, but they have to have some sort of aspect where there's a growth factor happening between you and even in your personal relationships with, uh, uh, you know, intimacy and romantic romantic. It may be a hard decision to have to cut those ties with maybe your romantic partner. But if they, there's no real intention of them growing with you, then it's just what needs to be done. Right. If you guys aren't growing together and, you know, there's there's a sense of falling into that comfort zone and not really doing the work, it's 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 not going to be healthy. Yeah. So, and what I take from what you just said is more so it's about keeping the Capricornian energy, just not allowing it to be an excess and obviously still have it. You still need it. Yeah, you still, still need, need structure. The, yeah, right. You need the ambition. You need the structure. Everything's needed, but it's also an understanding of your own uniqueness, you know, how you're meant to be your own self and how you're meant to contribute to it. You know, when Saturn here in Aquarius We're going to learn how to do this responsibly and with confidence, you know, to stay open and what it is you're learning about yourself uh, as you go along. You know, Saturn is at home in Aquarius. So having Jupiter in the sign will only expand the effect of Saturn, but the other side of what Saturn brings, more the Aquarian side. It will be... 
it'll be Saturn on steroids, no doubt in my mind. But Jupiter is also comfortable in Aquarius, so they're going to have this equal give and take kind of thing going. You know, um, I mean, Saturn, or we said before, Jupiter is debilitated in Capricorn, so that's why 2020 was a year of Saturn-based experiences more on the negative or, say, more structure-based from the government, and we had the Pluto there, so it was fear. Um, but, you know, the fact is, is Jupiter's coming out of his debilitation, Capricorn's or Saturn's coming into his other home sign, and, um, you know, when they conjunct, you're going to you're you're going to learn to temper your enthusiasm with practicality to achieve your goals. So where you may have overshot in the past, you're now going to be more realistic. It's a good time to draw on self-discipline, to build or rebuild your career, life path goals, or other important ventures and systems in your life. You know, this transit often coincides with a new job or a residence or a time of harder work with significant results. And as long as you're affecting uh, the environment and the people around you in a good way, in a progressive way, you are exactly where you need to be. Hell yeah. Amen to that. Amen. So yeah. shall we see this out? Yeah, you will definitely see this out, man. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm really looking forward uh, to bringing in this new energy and this new age. You know, I know that I've been staying even on top of myself individually to make sure that I'm prepared for this new energy and this new innovative way of being and thinking and communicating. And, you know, I'm looking forward to doing it with every listener here um, along with Ray. I, I just, you know, this is, this can be, we, let's turn this around. Let's look at this, the positive light. The, the light is there at the end of the tunnel. We went through the darkness, but, you know, no matter what, light always penetrates darkness and we're coming into the light. So, yeah. And I must mention, because you said the darkness, mm -hmm. uh, there is a video on YouTube by the Leo King called rising through the darkness. And he explains through around 2017 to 2023, the astrology and the aspects and what we'd be going through. And he did say that this was the top of the shit mountain, basically. And now mm -hmm. it's time to ride back down, come back down to reality and rebuild. Yeah. You know, so Saturn will enter Aquarius for the first time in decades on December 17th, which is today, isn't it? Nope, tomorrow. Tomorrow. So we're recording this on the 16th, going yep. to, so tomorrow, Saturn goes into Aquarius, and Jupiter's going to follow two days later. So on December 21st, it makes their exact conjunction at zero degrees Aquarius to form the great conjunction of 2020. And now we know how big of a deal it is. Um, as these, as these planets move into area Aquarius, they'll usher in a new age of more freedom. And this is a time where great shifts can occur in our lives. Even though we could be confused right now about how to move forward. The lesson is to trust yourself and to lean into your dreams. And with this transit comes endings, beginnings and completions. And now we understand that. So we've mentioned the analogy of it being like one day on a clock when these two outer planets conjunct, they return to midnight, and that's where we are at December 21st. As an analogy, this means it's a new day in the energies of Saturn and Jupiter, a new cycle. And you can also see this like the new moon. Um, so new seeds are to be prepped and planted so we can grow, grow new ideas and intentions, like in the metaphor of a harvest, a harvesting of a new age. Absolutely, absolutely. So with that being said... We're going to leave you all with that. 
you know, do what you got to do now, you know, knowing this information and, 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 and doing it now, do the inner work. If you haven't started already, go forward. If you have started, that's great. Just keep pushing forward no matter what. Uh, so as always, don't forget to, uh, like follow and share, uh, you know, our, our Facebook and Instagram page, obviously at the daily transcendence. Um, and then always on Spotify and Apple podcasts, give us a follow, uh, this way you stay constantly updated with every new episode uh, and all our content. Uh, we're also uh, we're also going to try to link, uh, put some of the links that maybe are relevant to this episode um, in our show notes, uh, the episode. So keep a lookout for that as well. Um, and then very soon, we're also going to have more content for our YouTube page. So be on the lookout for that. And remember, as always. We want to hear from you. We want to interact with you. Even the whole thing with, you know, the birth chart. If you need help understanding things, you know, reach out to us either on, uh, you know, message us through Facebook or Instagram. Um, but you also can email us at the daily transcendence at gmail.com. So we appreciate you guys very much. We're sending love, light and 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 just good vibes to you all and that connective unity together and we look forward to ushering this new age with you. We're more than ready. And we've been ready. And this mm-hmm. is why we, you know, began this podcast. This is why we're doing it. We're here for you. We're here for us. We're here from, for everybody. And ushering in this new age is, it's, uh, it's, it's a new beginning. It's now time. And it's going to take your cooperation along with everyone else. And we must work as a family now. And that's the family of humanity. So until next time. Until next time. We'll see you again very soon, and Merry Christmas and Happy Great Conjunction. Happy Great Conjunction. This is bigger than New Year's, baby.